she leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. This episode was brought to you by the Thrive Factor Coach Certification offered by Thrive Factor School. The certification is a unique, immersive experience into professional coaching and developing proficiency using the Thrive Factor framework and its 12 female-centric self-leadership archetypes. Being a Thrive Factor Coach offers a unique gift of personal transformation your clients will be filled with gratitude for. This is a genuine opportunity to engage in a world-class personal and professional training experience and become part of a community of impact makers as a licensed Thrifactor coach. To find out more, email hello at thrifactorco.com. Hey, superstars, a huge welcome to episode 42 and the start of something different for six of our upcoming solo episodes. So most weeks I have someone ask me for more information about one or more of the Thrifate archetypes. And this is 100% the place and space to share that kind of wisdom that I'm being asked for. So I was chatting with my fabulous business manager in the last couple of weeks about this. Hi, Serena. And she was an awesome sounding board to literally sound out how to bring you the Thrive Eight Archetypes Thriving in Business series. So together we decided that in each of these focused episodes, I'll share the insights about two archetypes. There are, as you may be aware, 12 in total. So 12 individual solo episodes focusing on one at a time would, with interspersing our amazing guest uh, conversations, take many months to share all 12 archetypes with you. And I don't want you to have to wait that long to to tune into the archetypes that resonate with you, that you know you have, or you perhaps suspect you have. Now, I won't be diving into all detail for each archetype. They literally have their own chapters in my books that are pages long and full of useful detail. But instead, I'll be sharing the highlights or the key highlights and considerations for you as a business soul so that you can expand, deepen, and embody your learning about the archetypes in focus. I've got some awesome reflection questions for each to share with you too. I hear all the time how useful they are when learning more about how to make the most of your thrive factor and individual archetypes. So before we get any further into today's episode, let me say hello officially and share a short intro. So I'm Shannon Dunn, host here at She Leads, She Thrives. I'm a long-term business and self-leadership coach. Like literally at this point in time in 2023, I've been 18 plus years in my own business, a couple of decades in the coaching industry. And I have worked with some of the most incredible individuals around the world, predominantly women in business. I've worked with men as well, but I really love those impact-driven, legacy-creating, creative, ambitious women of the world who are here to do something significant on their own terms. They're what I call the quiet rebels of the world, kind of going about things, sticking to their own lane, doing what works for them, despite all the noise and the influence all around them. So also, before we start exploring the mentor teacher archetype, which is number one on my list, I want to share a couple of resources with you that relate to this episode and all of the episodes that are going to come in this series. In fact, at any point in time, if you want to know more about the archetypes, these are the resources to pay attention to. So firstly, if you'd like a high-level intro into all 12 archetypes, head to episode 16 where you can hear exactly that. We will make sure there's a link in the show notes like we always do for things when we link up other episodes and resources. Secondly, if you don't yet know your Thrive Hatch archetypes, there are a number of ways to connect with them. You could start with a free assessment. So there's, again, a link in the show notes to do that. This will confirm one of a possible three to six archetypes. And it's an ideal way to whet your, your archetype appetite and uh, get to understand one facet of the incredible soul that you are. 
But if you want to know your archetypes, like actually know all of them, there are three options to get them confirmed, which and which you choose is 100% a personal choice always. So you can take the assessment, receive a detailed personalised report and insights into a couple of questions you share with me or answers to a couple of questions you share with me. Um, and I'll tap into your archetypes, provide insights of the things that you share at the time. There's a link again in our show notes to do this to access the insights experience. But if you want to get the full Thrifactor experience, and there are two additional options to do that, which includes coaching sessions with me or coaching time with me. The first is what we actually call the Thrifactor experience. This includes the assessment, a detailed personalized report, and a single one-on-one coaching session with me where we will explore your archetypes. It's really a meet your archetype session and gives you the opportunity to understand your Thrifactor in more detail. And the second option related to the Thrifactor experience includes coaching sessions, and it's what we call the Thrifactor experience amplified, a three-session experience. The first session, we do a meet your archetypes. The second is to explore your life, your career, your business, whichever you focus on through the lens of your archetypes. And the third is to understand the nuances of the relationships between your archetypes, particularly focusing on the points of harmony and potential disharmony. It's in this final session, I personally believe, that where you're going to get the most value. It's all valuable, but this takes things to the next level because it's here where you truly meet yourself and both activate and amplify thriving on your terms, as always, the big focus for this work that I do. And you're now armed with valuable information about yourself that you can't unlearn. This is where the wisdom comes together and you accelerate your potential to unlock and harness your effortless success zone. So again, there's a link in the show notes to access any of those. And uh, yeah, if you're interested at any point in time and you have questions, I've shared it before, you can reach out to us at hello at thrifactorco.com and myself and my team, always happy to hear from you, delighted to hear from you and happy to answer any questions. Okay, I bet you're ready to meet today's archetypes if this is of any interest to you. I chose to focus on the mental teacher and the shapeshifter alchemist because they are archetypes I see showing up frequently in the business landscape I spend time in. I would say, without having an exact measure, that 95% of my own clients have the mental teacher and perhaps about 70%, 70 plus percent, have the shapeshifter alchemist. So knowing them intimately is so valuable when it comes to truly authentically connecting and to both build and expand that know, like, and trust. In the future episodes for this series, I'll tune into my intuition visionary creator or visionary gifts, I should say, of my visionary creator archetype and decide which next two archetypes to share with you. So in time, all 12 will feature in these solo series. No one gets left out and my choice to begin with a particular couple of archetypes does not mean I love them or understand them more. These two archetypal souls have shown up today to be shared with you. So let's get started with that. Okay, time to meet the mental teacher archetype purely through the lens of her influence and impact in business. So if you've heard previous episodes, you may remember that this is one of my four archetypes. So I have a, you could say a beyond intimate relationship with her. And what I share is both lived and learned experience in terms of teaching or sharing with you, introducing you to the mental teacher in this way through this lens today. So if you have the mental teacher as part of your Thrive Act or suspect you do, know that she is the wisdom seeker and guide for transformation. I often refer to her as the wisdom woman. So your gifts of wisdom and knowledge give you a natural ability to guide, mentor and teach others. Really, you're a really a genuine wisdom woman in the truest sense of that expression. So key things to remember about the mentor teacher is a high level, this is kind of who she is, things to always know, remember. She easily learns new things, adores acquiring knowledge. Naturally, mentors or teachers, others, like doesn't, can't help it, doesn't need to have a teaching qualification to do this, it just is who she is. She's innately wise but can mistrust her wisdom, something to be mindful of. She is a guide for transformation and transition, so a lot of people are drawn to mentor teachers when they are going through change. Uh, she's protective of her knowledge, her experiences, her students or those that interact with her when she is in a teacher or mental mode and herself. She can really get caught up in the ego stuff related to knowledge. So be, be aware that there is possible knowledge related um, ego stuff that can arise when you're a mental teacher. 
But ultimately, she loves to share knowledge and the sharing of what she knows is actually essential to her living, I guess, if you want to call it, your, her soul contract. So when I first started defining the archetypes in relation to business, I looked at them through the lens of what I refer to as the four M's of momentum. So mindset, marketing, money, and magnetism. So at this point, I'm going to share with you the key highlights in relation to those four M's of momentum for the mentor teacher. And then I have some additional information to share with you about this archetype in relation to business. So from a mindset perspective for the mental teacher, it is, it's kind of the energy of like learn, 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 share, learn, teach, learn some more. Like the flow comes though with an equal mix of learning and sharing. And this assists you to feel like you're contributing and also aiding in re relying on and learning to trust your own, or so I should say relying on and learning to trust your own wisdom, which is super important. Mindset for a mental teacher is such an interesting thing to be to kind of dive into and understand more. There's a lot of I I getting and understanding. I know a lot. As I said, not always trusting I am wise, but also it can sit in a duality of, but I don't know enough yet, right? So there's a lot of stuff goes on there from a mindset perspective and that thinking you don't know enough, the imposter syndrome, the what if someone asks me a question, I don't have an answer, you know, I don't have qualifications to prove what I know is a lot of the mindset stuff that plays out for the mentor teacher. Stuff to be mindful of for sure. From a marketing perspective for the mentor teacher, it really comes down to focusing on education. So, you know, educate people as much as you can, share what you know, but not the the learned experiences, the book stuff, the the things you've learned in the course. What about what you've lived through? That is for actually for a lot of the audience for a mental teacher, more valuable to them. So educate, guide, mentor, support, educate more. Share your knowledge to build credibility and authority, and you'll be creating a valuable brand others can rely on. So sharing your knowledge and your wisdom by remembering that educating or education is a gift that others value and engage with effortlessly. So from a marketing perspective, you think about content, I'm going to share some content ideas a little bit further on. But teaching is a key thing for you as a mentor teacher. From a money perspective, so the third of these four M's of momentum, investing in knowledge comes naturally to a mentor teacher. But you will learn more and make more when you share what you know freely and fluidly with the intention of everyone learning and growing, no matter your business niche. Like this really is irrelevant of what you do in your business. Learning about money will help you to build a positive relationship with, with it. But beware the temptation to invest in more training, more learning. You know, the question I ask myself having this archetype is, do I really need to learn more right now? Or do I really need to learn this thing? And many years ago, uh, and I'm grateful for this, so grateful, I was able to come to a place with my learning and my believing I needed to learn more in terms of paying to learn more in trusting that if I was really meant to engage with the information that I was considering investing in, that it would, the experience, the information, the learning, the program, the whatever, that it would come to me at a more appropriate time and at just as attractive, say, an investment point as what I was seeing it right now. You know, the money thing is is really tied into mindset for a mental teacher of that belief of I don't know or I don't know enough or I can't prove what I know. So therefore I've got to pay to get evidence to prove what I know, which is just a, um, a whole lot of, of influence often from an ego perspective rather than actually the innate wisdom of your mental teacher archetype. So from a magnetism perspective, magnetism being the last of the four M's of momentum, trusting in what you know, owning your expertise and experiences, sharing that expertise and those experiences and valuing it is essential for you. Give away your knowledge, but also expect your return on what you share and you'll find your own balance and way that works so everyone benefits and knowledge is valued and above all else that wisdom is valued. I've shared often in different formats and I have no doubt that I've shared it in a, more than one of this podcast episodes that I came to a place some time ago where I was able to understand what wisdom was by a, a definition 
know, my liberator engineer and mentor teacher archetypes working together like to create definitions of things. And what I came to understand that makes sense to me is that we find wisdom in the place and space that's the intersection between our lived and our learned experience and our intuition. So there's three things there. The lived experience, the learned experience we have, and our intuition. When you take the kind of centre point where they all overlap, that's where we find our wisdom. And, you know, for you to own that wisdom woman that you are is your the way that you will activate and significantly amplify magnetism as a mentor teacher. So right now, the first of many questions I'm going to share with you, this is one that I would refer to as an activation question for the mentor teacher. So if you're not sure about where you're at having the mentor teacher archetype, if you're finding yourself thinking you need to earn, uh, to invest more in learning in whatever format, and invest doesn't mean always money, it means time as well, then a question to ask yourself and to contemplate and to, you know, to really explore and to sit with, to journal, to meditate on, whatever works for you. But the question is, the activation question for the mental teacher, where and how am I not trusting what I already know? So let me repeat that for you. Where and how am I not trusting what I already know? So some time ago, I included what I refer to as a profitable wisdom focus in a couple of the programs that I've run in the past, and that will be coming up again as part of the Easeful Business Brainery. But for the mentor teacher, I wanted to share this profitable wisdom focus and some additional things in relation to content ideas as a businesswoman and potential challenge and a common mentor teacher fear in relation to you showing up as a woman in business. But from that profitable wisdom focus, it's kind of a for mentor teacher, where do we start? Like you have so much wisdom. It is who you are. You are the sage one of the archetypes if you want to look at who knows more. I don't really necessarily say that the mental teacher knows more than some other archetypes, but at the same time, I would say she does. Uh, I don't want to contradict myself there, but it's the wisdom that is the value piece here, not the knowing. There are always going to be things that you feel so effortlessly called to share and teach. You know them inside out. You don't need to know more about them. So start in that space in terms of you wanting to really show up as an authentic version of yourself in your genuine space in your effortless success zone and create potential profitability in your business. The rest, once you have started in that space and focused on what you already know, the rest can and will, and I see it happen time and time again with my clients and for myself, will unfold beautifully. So using your other archetypes to narrow down the selection is a great thing to do as well. If your mentor teacher has got a lot of topics she likes to talk about, that will be influenced by your other archetypes 100%, but use your other archetypes to help you to narrow those down. So over the course of introducing you to all the archetypes, you'll be able to tap in and understand more about how they could work together. As I said, always remember, if you really want to know, investing in a Factor experience or the Factor experience amplified is going to give you that opportunity in terms of coaching with me. But you have a gift for guiding others through personal transformation and transition, and the depth and relatability of your wisdom is highly valued. So really it is about, from a mindset perspective, focusing in on owning all of that, on valuing yourself and not letting your ego, your mind, your comparison, your self-judgments, your thinking you don't know enough get in the way. So from a content ideas perspective, really anything that is aligned with your products and services where you can demonstrate your depth of wisdom, your lived and learned experiences is ideal for you as when it comes to content. Teaching, you, you are born to teach. Um, a lot of mental teachers that I have spoken to over all these years, I've been working with the Thrive Factor framework and archetypes. I'm like, but I don't have a teaching qualification or I've never been taught to be a teacher. You don't need to. Like this is how innate the gift of being able to share knowledge with others, share wisdom with others in a way that they can take something valuable, useful from that. It's just so innate in who we are. The potential challenge that I often see coming up for a mentor teacher is multifaceted, right? 
over delivery of content is a huge one. You've got so much to share. You don't need to share it all. Be discerning about what's actually relevant and feels appropriate and right. And it's going to truly help those that are learning from you to move forward. But to move forward a few steps, not a 100 steps, that's where the over-delivery of stuff, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you have something to share doesn't mean it's actually appropriate in that moment. Perhaps it's more appropriate for someone at the next step of working with you. Other challenges that I see coming out, imposter syndrome, I've mentioned that already, it's huge for the mentor teacher. It's such a key thing that a mental teacher has a great idea about a program or something she can teach or share. And then within, I feel like in no time, there's this kind of voice that kicks in or this feeling of, oh, but I'm not qualified to teach that. I'm not qualified to share that. Let that go. Let that go. You know, work on your imposter syndrome stuff if that's something that is, is a reality for you. Believing you still need to learn more to be taken seriously or to be valued is another personal challenge. I've kind of talked about this already. Uh, you don't need to learn more. In fact, I would, if that comes up for you, I would drill down more into what you already know and really honouring that, trusting that, embodying that, being able to be in a space of celebration and trust and be the wisdom woman by owning all of that where you are right now. Also, ego and arrogance regarding to how much you know compared to others can be something that shows up regularly for mental teachers. I've experienced this. It's not something that's common for me, but I do remember times years gone by where they're certainly not that I am someone who kind of is egotistical or arrogant at all. I would never think that. I've never certainly had that reflected back to me. But kind of, you know, those thoughts that come up like, oh, they don't know that. How do they not know that? That is a mental teacher thing. Um, being surprised that other people don't know what you think is kind of basic information. People are so different across the world. We have such different understandings, different knowledge banks, if you want to think about what you know as a knowledge bank, different wisdom. And being able to shift to a space of curiosity and being like, oh, that's interesting they don't know that, or that's interesting that someone didn't understand that, or, oh, I wonder why that question gets asked so much. That curious space is so much more useful and really being the wisdom woman, not the know-it-all that a mental teacher can be. So a common mental, fee mental teacher fear, which is related directly to that imposter syndrome stuff, is that I don't know enough. And it can show up as things like, what if I get asked something and I can't answer or I'll be caught out as a fraud? Those are common things that I've had mental teachers share with me. So that's a fear to be mindful of, not to let rule you and be kind of in charge. And here's some additional things to be generally mindful of for mental teachers. That over-delivering of too much stuff to prove what she knows is just a sign that you uh, questioning your own value and you're not connected to the wisdom individual or wisdom woman that you are, uh, that you can take recipients, so your clients, from this is awesome to this is too much quickly and then they'll miss the value. So the pace at which you can teach and you may expect people to keep up with you can be unrealistic. So really be mindful of that in the way that you're teaching. Check in with your students, if you want to call them that, but from a business perspective, they're your clients or your customers. Check in and see how they're going. Don't make a decision based on someone, one person saying it's too fast or it's too slow. Get the take of the group or a group of people over time. Not owning how much value that she actually has uh, or no, owning the value of how much you actually know is something to be mindful of. Um, and the reality that it's not uncommon for a mental teacher to abandon what she's doing, leading to low or no sales. So when you're in the midst of something and that, say, that little voice kicks in and goes, should you really be teaching this? Do you know enough to do this? What if someone asks you something and you're not really sure about the answer or what if someone asks you for your qualifications, which, side note, I can't remember the last time someone asked me for mine. Um, those kind of things kicking in can make you go, oh, wait a second, I shouldn't be doing this, and abandoned what you're doing, you know, what you're launching or even what you're sharing. So just that can have a significant influence on your income if that's something that is a pattern for you. So it's not a um, everyone's going to do it because not every mental teacher will. We are all influenced by the other archetypes that we have. We're not just one linear or single archetype. 
but this is a common patterning that I see showing up in mental teachers and I, I've done it you know as a mental teacher I am talking as I said earlier from my lived experience as much as from my learned experience so when we work with the Thrive Age archetypes there's a lot of focus on the strengths that you have on being mindful of the potential challenges that you may have and what to do when they become actualized, but on really intentionally and consciously using the strengths that you have. So I want to share with you now a number of different strengths. There's quite a big list um, of things that you could tap into daily, and I'm not suggesting that you tap into all of them every day, but choose one or two and really work with those on a regular basis until you really feel like you have embodied the strengths that you actually have as a mental teacher. So these are in no particular order. Um, they're not prioritized in any particular way. They are all useful. And when you actively, intentionously, consciously tap into and use your strengths, your archetypal strengths, you are more likely to open up what we call the effortless success zone in the Thrive Factor world. That is the place where things feel easier, where you really know who you are, you have a beautiful confidence. That's not arrogant. It's just you kind of claiming your place in the world in the most beautiful way. So mental teacher strengths, your innate born with wisdom, yeah, is something to tap into. Trusting when you get the sense that you know that you truly do know because it's highly like you do. So just trust it, right? Just trust that. Don't think I need to prove that I know this. Just trust that you know. Turn your lived and learned experience into income streams or work opportunities, depending on your career status. If you have a particular body of knowledge and wisdom about something, how can you monetize that? You're in business or you're in a leadership role. Make sure you're making the most of that. Next one, celebrate all you know and have valued it all is, right? Because it is. People will come to you because of what you know. That's just what happens when you're a mental teacher. So celebrate that. That's a really cool thing. Be the keeper of knowledge that you are, but share it abundantly so a broader community can benefit. Sometimes there I see situations where a mental teacher knows so much about something and she keeps it all to herself. So that keeper of knowledge thing can be so boundaried and that's usually related to fear. You know, let's face it, fear and ego. But be that keeper, but share it abundantly. And that doesn't mean giving it all away for free either. There's a fine line that you will learn as a mental teacher. If you're not sure how to do that, this is where people like myself can come and support you from a coaching perspective to understand how to find that, that space for you where there is that beautiful balance and alignment between sharing what you know and being paid for what you know. The next strength that I want to share with you is believe in the knowing you have without questioning how you know. This amplifies your trust in what you know so much and it's such a, a valuable experience for you and for others. Celebrate bring approach to guide and mentor others. Yeah, Every time someone reaches out to me with a question or to teach something in a formal or informal format, I celebrate that. It is the recognition of my mentor teacher archetype. And instead of some of the past experiences that I or responses I would have had, like, why are they asking me? Or I don't know that. Or I'm not qualified. Or I'm not the right person to teach or share that. No, let all that go, right? Celebrate, bring approach to guide and mentor others. Focus on reward for your teachings, financial and opportunity. So rewards can come in many different ways. But be focused on actually receiving rewards for your teaching. It's just part of who you are. When you feel the call to share something that you know, just share it. This is a nudge to be the mental teacher you are. If you also have the inspire believer archetype, often that nudge to share something, that, that feeling called to share something is also driven by your inspire believer who has been inspired by something. Just share that. Go with the flow on that one. Read a book, listen to a podcast, learn something, and then do something with that. Yeah, I often share the if I've listened to a podcast or I'm reading a book or I've listened to a training and I get an insight or something that feels really important to share whether it's directly related to my focus in my business at the time or the program I'm launching or whatever it is that's irrelevant it's that this feels important trust that instinct and share it yeah don't just keep it all in your notes mental teachers are big note takers so I know that they've often got lots of notebooks journals notes on their phones um, research when you desire to know more, but focus on integrating that knowing as a priority so it becomes embodied and amplified in its usefulness. 
so many mentor teachers gather information and don't do anything with it. I've had some very um, fun, in many regards, conversations with mentor teachers over the years where there's been like, I remember one particular client said like, she used to come to coaching sessions and she said like, I've got a confession to make. And the confessional was around how many resources, guides, programs, things she had signed up for since we'd last chatted. And whenever that happened for her, it would happen in cycles. It was a sign that she wasn't trusting what she knew, that she wasn't actually acting on the investment she'd made of time, money and all the other things. And she wasn't integrating the knowing, the learning and really understanding the wisdom that she had to add to that. So that's something to be really mindful of. Yeah. So I said I was going to share a whole lot of questions with you that were related to the archetypes. Um, and the way I'm going to do this is by sharing affirmations. That's not affirmations. It's a very different style. An affirmation, you may be aware of this, but I'll share it quickly anyway, is a statement of something we want to be our truth, whereas an affirmation is a question. And by questioning ourselves rather than making a statement about something that may not yet be true, turning that into a question opens up a different part of our brain and it helps us to set out our brain, our mind, our, our thought processes, our ego as well on a path to find answers to those solutions. So I find affirmations so much more useful than affirmations. So I've got a whole lot of questions here uh, in the form of affirmations to share with you that are directly related to the mentor teacher. So let me go through them. Like if you if you want a copy of these, the transcript of the episode is always available on my blog and we link that into the show notes. So that's an easy place for you to find it. So questions in the form of affirmations. What if it is safe for me to trust I am knowledgeable? Imagine it is safe for me to share what I know without needing to know more. What if I got paid abundantly for my lived and learned experience? Imagine if my knowledge was welcomed by so many grateful people. What if I actually was born wise? Imagine if my wisdom was something I could trust and rely on. What if the transitions I go through are added knowledge and wisdom others will value learning? Imagine if I didn't need any more qualifications. What if I know more than I believe I do? Imagine if I was truly a wisdom woman of the world. And what if I trusted my wisdom and my first instinct was always right for me and my students? my clients, my community. Affirmations are great for challenging yourself when you find that your mind and your beliefs may be not in support of your archetype. They are great as journal prompts, as reflections uh, to use in visualisation, meditation, whatever works for you. They're the ways that I tend to work with them. And sometimes it's just saying it out loud and just challenging myself when something is coming up. I'm like, yeah, this is not really where I want to be. This is not me honouring and owning uh, who I am as this particular archetype, the mental teacher in this, this regard. Okay, before we get to the shape future alchemist, I have a couple of additional things I want to share specifically about the mental teacher. These are pieces of information, again, that I've included in different programs in more detail, but I wanted to share the highlights of these because I feel they're useful in talking about or introduce you to the mental teacher as a, a business individual. The first one is the archetypal success pathway. For the mental teacher, she activates and amplifies thriving when she embodies her thrive factor success pathway of self-wisdom. Yeah, As a knowledge-led soul, she filters everything through that lens of her innate wisdom and lived and learned experience. She's the knowledge and wisdom keeper here to be a conduit between what others desire to know and experience and the sharing of opportunities to do just that. So you want to, when you're looking at your archetypal success pathway, you want to activate that self-wisdom daily. You know, for the external opportunities to gather knowledge are always going to be abundant for you. You're a knowledge seeker. You have an almost unquenchable thirst for knowledge. But yet the true effortless success zone is unlocked when you tap into your wisdom as a priority. I've shared that a few times now. I hope that's really sunk in for you if you resonate with this archetype. 
The mental teacher truly thrives when she gives herself the opportunity to share her wisdom, influenced by her gathered knowledge. Yeah, She's able to activate her effortless success zone in a number of different ways. And I look at activating your effortless success zone we in two kind of through two lenses, the what to do less of and what to do more of. So I'm going to share those with you now to wrap up for the mentor teacher. In terms of what to do less of as a mentor teacher to activate your effortless success zone, do less over-delivering with too much content. Do less being too clever for your own good. Do less judging others' knowledge, thinking that you need to learn more is another thing to do less of. And to activate your effortless success zone, do more of tuning into your inner wise woman, celebrating your experience and expertise, teaching in your business, and being the role model that others see you as, and trusting your intuition around all of this. So mentor teachers, if that any of that resonated with you, if you've had some aha moments, you're like, oh, I kind of got a list now of things I'm going to stop doing or I can explore more things that I can do more of or keep doing or I've just you know had a big just said aha moment big insight reach out tell me let me know I'm always open to receiving dms um you know particularly on instagram is the place that I spend most time from a social media perspective I've also just joined threads which is the kind of the um what is it? People are likening it to the, the Twitter version the, or the um, Instagram's version of Twitter. But you can find me in lots of different places and my uh, links to connect with me are always in our show notes. I'd love to know, you know, how is your mental teacher? How's your relationship with your mental teacher? You know, what, what can you going to do with her moving forward? Okay. So we've got a moment now just to... I want you to really, if you've just listened to the mentor teacher, you're like, yeah, she's me, she's me. I just want you to sit there in a space. So you might want to pause the podcast if you can and to really visualize yourself as a wisdom woman. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's like a little kind of bonus thing to do before we talk about the shape of your alchemist. Okay, so if you paused, you're back, great. If you have kept going, fabulous as well. You know, you may not have recognised or resonated with the mental teacher. Highly unlikely if you're in this space um, with me because, as I said, 95-plus percent of the women that end up in some capacity in my community in all different ways have the mental teacher archetype. But less of the women that I know and work with and, and love to connect with have the shapeshifter alchemist, you know, about 70% say. It's very anecdotal, but, you know, is enough that it's, it shows up as a reasonably frequent archetype, but it's certainly not the most common archetype that I see in my community. But still a valuable archetype to share. And the mentor, teacher and shapeshifter alchemist often show up together in, a, in an individual's profile. So there's some um, alignment between these two archetypes. Also some challenge and disharmony that can arise, which is a, a reality for every combination of archetypes. But the shapeshifter alchemist, she's what I call the, you know, she's the magic woman, the magic soul, the mystical evolutionist. You know, you have a gift for creating magical experiences and this draws others to you with the greatest of ease. Only your magical, mystical presence in the world is your superpower when you have the shapeshifter alchemist archetype. So key things, so traits, if you like, or things to remember about the shapeshifter alchemist. This is an archetype where you're flexible, adaptable, versatile. She needs variety. Like there's no question about that. Doing the same thing over and over again is like, you know, soul destroying for a shapeshifter alchemist. She's a natural performer. And now this is an interesting thing. And some shapeshifter alchemists have challenged me on this because they can come across sometimes, again, depending on their other archetypes, as seemingly to be shy. But she's often a natural performer and being on stage in some format is often her comfortable place. The reason for that is because she's playing a role. She's not actually herself. So that's where that comes in. So not every shapeshifter alchemist is going to go and join the local theatre club, but a lot of them have done things like that in the past or have different roles that they play in their life where they are performing. You have an incredible ability to manifest when focused, and I'll talk more about that as we um, go further into the shapeshifter alchemist. Colourful, you're magical, you're intriguing, you're mysterious. You can be whimsical and hard to grasp the sense of who you are, which often shapeshifter alchemists love that. 
And yet from a business perspective, how that can show up is that you can struggle with visibility. And that's not always a fabulous thing uh, when you are trying to build, uh, you know, that no life trust and trying to really engage and create that authentic presence in the world. But know that for you as a shape figure alchemist, if you have, you've resonated with this archetype, magic is grounding. That can sound very counterintuitive to others that don't have this archetype, but you get that completely. Okay, so let's look at the four M's of momentum again, mindset, marketing, money, and magnetism in relation to the shapeshifter alchemist. From a mindset perspective, really working with the magical part of you, the mysterious, the flexible, the adaptable, the fluid part of you, the inflow part of you is incredibly important for you to really support your mindset. You're able to hold your ground in any situation and knowing that visibility is and can be completely safe and even fun is going to help you from a mindset perspective significantly. When it comes to marketing as a shapeshifter alchemist, you want to show who you are. You want to share and show your adaptability and your many different faces. Now, you take on a variety of related roles as it is important to be visible and to be you in all of your forms. So, you know, you are likely to have many different things you do in your business. I see a lot of women in the healing and, you know, supporting others space, having the Shape Future Alchemist where they have qualifications, particularly their mental teachers as well, in a wide number of different modalities. You want to let people know who you are, give them insights into the variety in which you have um, or the different variety of things that you have to offer. Uh, they, we can go, you know, not in this episode, uh, but one of the things I do frequently with my Shape Future Alchemist clients is work with them to understand how to actually bring those multimodal focuses into a way or an offer, a service, a, a program, a solution where your clients can actually understand what it is you actually do, the transformation that you can create for them rather than you focusing, which is often what happens for Shapeshifter Alchemists, on promoting all the different things you do, that is not necessarily going to resonate with your ideal clients. They may be like, well, I'm not really sure what of all of these services. Like They know they want to work with you, but what, what are all these different things that you've got available? I'm not really sure where to start. Yeah, so it's a very um, specific thing that I do with Shapeshifter Alchemists that creates a sense of freedom and ease for you and also for your clients to pay you. you. So you want to be really consistent with your message and the solutions you promote. And that doesn't mean doing the same thing over and over again because that is not something that is going to work for you at all. Um, but consistency in your message is an incredible important part of you building a reliable, trustworthy brand. And you can still do that and have variety, fun and playfulness. You want to share how you use magic to support your clients with the most divine products and services that also support them to transform and change from one thing or state into another. And when I use the word magic, I'm not alluding to a particular definition of any kind. As a shapeshifter alchemist, you will have a sense of what magic means to you and what is your magic. I want you to hone in on that and explore that more. It's also going to support your mindset so that you understand what your magic is. And I know like a client I worked with recently, she's actually referring to the services and the way she delivers things in her business as her business magic. And that is such a beautiful shapeshifter alchemist thing. She's really owned what she knows. She's owned the variety that she brings. She's owned the transformation and the use of the word magic and looking at all the things she does in her business and the way she works with the clients and the experience they have, the results they get is her magic. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. So money for a shapeshifter alchemist. Manifesting is one of your core gifts. In fact, Shapeshifter alchemists manifest like no other archetype. Other archetypes have the manifesting gift, but not like a shapeshifter alchemist. So the word alchemist actually alludes to the manifesting. And when I talk about manifesting, I'm talking about your ability to turn your thoughts, your words, your feelings, your beliefs, your behaviours into your reality very, very quickly because that's what usually happens, often at hyperspeed for a shapeshifter alchemist. So you want to be mindful of your thoughts, your beliefs, your words, your actions, so that you can create what you really want. Yeah, you can turn ideas into positive money flow when you want to. Exploring that, playing with that, being fun with it, being magical with it is going to help you from a money perspective. 
Magic is essential for you to support all kinds of mindset, particularly your money mindset. Money could have the same visibility challenges as other aspects for you because visibility is a key thing for shapeshifters. It's one of the things that can often in, um, show up as a, a negative thing or a, a really activated or I should say actualized challenge for a shapeshifter alchemist in that there are so many different parts of you. There are so many different roles that you play in the world that sometimes you can get a little bit lost, get uh, become uncertain about which part of you you want to share, become overwhelmed quite quickly and find that just kind of hiding and morphing into the background, being the chameleon, it feels actually safer for you and more um, like it's okay. But you know what? It's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve anybody else. Which leads me to magnetism, the fourth of the four M's momentum. Your magic is the magic you create for yourself and others. So accepting the magical being you are and investing time to ground yourself as a shapeshifter alchemist is so important when it comes to magnetism. This is one of the archetypes that innately has magnetism turned on all the time. You don't often realize that, but it is. It's one of the most magnetic archetypes when we look at magnetism of the all 12 private archetypes. Now, the whole magnetism activation could be to start or could start with you choosing to actively use the strengths of your other archetypes and welcoming magic into your day every day. You know, how could this feel more magical? Where's the magic in this? How can I welcome magic into my day-to-day? -day? All great exploration things to consider. So the activation question for the shapeshifter alchemist, how can I allow myself to be seen or to be visible? Use whatever term works for you. How can I allow myself to be seen or how can I allow myself to be visible is a real important question to ask yourself as a shapeshifter alchemist. So let's move on to the profitable wisdom focus. Let's bring it more into some more in-depth in around business. As I've shared, you're a whimsical, mystical, magical, magnetic woman. You create fascination in others simply by being you. Don't ever deny that. You want to be the guide others are seeking to connect with their spiritual and their curious aspects. A lot of individuals out there have a lot of things they're interested in, but they don't necessarily talk about those with other people. But shape future alchemists have a gift for bringing that kind of stuff to light, yeah, in the most beautiful ways. As I've shared, you have a gift for manifestation. So let that become the power it truly is and share it with others, you know, Talk about what you're manifesting. Talk about what your focus is right now. Own your chameleon and your enigma presence, but in a way that you do it where you're visible, where you're not letting them take control and blending you into the background where no one can connect with you, see you, engage with you, know who you are and what you have to offer. When it comes to content and uh, content ideas for a shapeshifter alchemist, anything that's aligned with your products and services where you can demonstrate your magic is what to focus on. Share the things you do to support a magical existence in the world. You know, things like rituals, observations of natural cycles, the way you connect with people, the various roles you play in the world. That's all part of, I would say, your magic. And as I said, other people are incredibly fascinated, particularly by those that they can't quite work out. So this is where you can let that enigma status, that mystery or mysterious woman come to life. Potential challenges that can show up frequently in business for a shapeshifter alchemist, a lack of focus. You've literally just got too many things that you're doing or you're interested in or that you know or that you're experiencing or that you love. Yeah, so being able to focus down not on one thing but on, you know, a smaller number of things is going to support you. Second-guessing yourself because often for shape future, I was like, I'm not really know who I am right now in this moment. So that can lead to second-guessing. Um, hiding or visibility issues or challenges or just, you know, keeping yourself back. Uh, is a big potential challenge that I see frequently actualized in a shapeshifter alchemist. I've talked a little bit about what to do about that and how to support yourself to be more visible in a way that works for you and feels supportive. And you know, if you dare to use it or want to use it, the word safe. Uncertainty of who you are for fear of having to stick to one thing or feeling bored or being consistent is a big challenge that I see actualized frequently for shapeshifter alchemists. You know, you don't have to stick to one thing. Uh, one of the biggest business myths that I see still touted is that you have to niche down to one narrow focus. You don't. And for Shapes of Alchemist, that goes against everything that you stand for and who you are in the world, even though you have other archetypes. So don't try to do that. It's, it's going to hold you back in so many ways. 
you can certainly get bored quite easily with this archetype. The other archetype that tends to have uh, a more amplified version of boredom uh, gets bored faster is also the pioneer seeker. So uh, those two archetypes, the Chesterfield pioneer seeker, the ones that are more likely to or more prone to experience boredom. But consistency for Chesterfield, yeah, it just feels bland, just feels it does feel boring. Um, but understand what consistency means. Consistency is not following some um, instruction that you were given that you have to do a certain number of things a certain number of times, a certain number of times a day or week. It is showing up on a in an interval that works for you, yeah? That's um, really how I define consistency. The common shape of your alchemosphere, I never find my thing and be able to focus or being visible isn't safe, you know, or focusing on one thing isn't going to work for me. Their fears are, are really, really huge for many shape of your alchemists, one or a combination of those. I've talked to you about some of the ways to work with them. I'm going to talk to you now about other things to be mindful of and then talk about the strengths that you could tap into to support you with those. So other things to be generally mindful of that you are the ultimate manifest. So honour and celebrate that and use it to bring your vision and your, you know, everything that you're creating, including your the way you price things to life. Consistency and visibility are possible for you. So support yourself from a mindset and energy perspective to show up and to be seen in a way that makes sense to you. Uh, permission work is key when it comes to your relationship with things like money and marketing, giving yourself permission to do those things, particularly if you also identify as an incredibly spiritual soul. Uh, you may find that your relationship with money, with marketing, with being in business can be challenging at times. So some permission work in whatever that looks like for you. I'm not going to go into examples of that right now. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions as always. So choose your alchemist strengths to tap into, as I said, daily. Choose the ones that work for you or that feel um, most exciting to you and, and work with a, a couple of them each day. Flexibility and adaptability are superpowers to be trusted and used actively. Tap into your magic daily. So I often will say to Shape Your Alchemist, start your day with, you know, what can I do or what will I do that feels magical today? Let your magic guide and ground you in whatever way it may do that. Rituals are so important for Shape Treasure Alchemist. So I tap into whatever rituals you do or explore some more ones that you haven't maybe tried or uh, wanted to try and haven't done so yet. Share your magic with your community. You know, they'll love you for it and it will amplify your magnetism. I've literally just seen a client I've worked with recently do this, really own and, and celebrate her Shape Treasure Alchemist above the other four archetypes that she has. She's not denying or ignoring the others, but she's really fully stepped into a shape shifter alchemist and her business is just thriving. It's just like her, her uh, client numbers, her signups, her income amplified in so many beautiful ways. Practice feeling safe being seen, you know, so this may be exploring what it, safety means to you. How do you know you feel safe? What is required for you to feel safe? for you to be able to be seen. This is a visibility piece. Uh, another strength is be motivated by the possibility and potentiality that comes with being seen and visible in your work or your business. Uh, hold space for others to explore and celebrate their magic as well. Doesn't They don't need to have the shape through your alchemist. I still celebrate my magic and I don't have this archetype. We've all got our own version of magic. It's the shapeshifters have it in an amplified way and have ability to connect others with their magic. An effortless ability, I should add. Celebrate all your magical ways and different views of and experiences as much as others do because people will be celebrating that. You've got to own it. Uh, your ability to manifest is unrivaled, so be conscious of what you think, you say, you feel, and you do. It's all influencing your reality all the time. Uh, tap into the grounding energies of your other archetypes if you feel ungrounded with your shapeshifter and own your gifts as an alchemist. That really is a superpower. Uh, the way I have always viewed an alchemist or someone who has an alchemical gift is that you have an ability to turn something that maybe on the outside or previously would have been perceived as having seemingly little or no value into incredible value and wealth. Such a cool thing. Okay, so you may remember for the mental teacher I shared some affirmations. So I'm going to share them, um, some with you specifically for the Shapeshifter Alchemist. Again, as I mentioned earlier, great for journaling, for reflection, for conversation, um, great things to even add into your content, ask your community. Uh, what if it is safe for me to be seen? Imagine if it was safe for me to share my magic. What if sharing my magic was actually my magnetism? 
Imagine if there was a welcoming community waiting for me to show up as the magical woman I am. What if my gift for evolution and transformation was needed? Imagine if my experiences of personal transformation was highly valued. What if I could effortlessly hold space for others to experience their magic? Imagine if I celebrated my magic. What if I could genuinely connect with others because I truly know what it could be like to walk in their shoes? Imagine if my unique magic was actually needed in the world. What if I could use my manifesting gift in every area of my life and work for positive gain? And what if the magic I have to offer the world is the only thing I need to show up and do? Have fun with those shapeshifter alchemists. They're, you know, great. And if, if you haven't resonated with this archetype at all, still use those. I think the affirmations that I share for all the archetypes can be useful for all of us, no matter what our archetypal profile and thrive factor actually is. Okay, so a couple more things to share with you before we wrap up for today's episode. The first one is the archetypal success pathway for the shapeshifter alchemist. As a woman with this archetype, you activate and amplify thriving when you embody your thrive factor success pathway of self-transformation. So as the mystical and magical soul who desires flexibility and can adapt to any situation, you're intuitive, connected spiritually, and able to easily create magical experiences for yourself and others. And when you filter everything through the lens of magic and transformation, that's where that is amplified. So activate magic each day in whatever way feels truly expansive, connected, safe, mystical and magical as this is important grounding that others or sorry offers untold benefits and will be magnetic to others the shape future alchemist truly thrives when she gives herself the magic she craves and when she's considered about her thoughts her words her feelings and her actions for her gift of manifesting means these all become her reality quickly that includes everything if you want to look at the good and bad if you want to use those labels everything can come to life for you very quickly so to activate your effortless success zone, you may remember for the mental teacher, I talked about the things to do less of and the things to do more of. This is not a definitive, all, you know, encompassing list. These are the key things I would focus on. So do less of questioning who you are, of evolving for the sake of it, of allowing boredom or bright, shiny stuff to be the better of you, or hiding when things feel too much. Yeah, do less of those to activate your effortless success zone. And do more of believing in your magic, owning your power to manifest, being clear and intentional about what you want, creating magical experiences for yourself and others. Do more of that all the time and you will find that your effortless success is something that becomes a regular and a consistent, reliable space for you. So shapeshifter alchemist, if, if you've resonated with this archetype, you've, you find her appealing, you probably can identify some of your friends or your business colleagues or community as a shapeshifter alchemist women um, it really does come down to magic in whatever that looks like for you from a definition perspective. Have fun with this. It's a very fun and playful archetype. And I often find that when shapeshifter alchemists are swayed by the other archetypes they have and are too serious, that the magic is lacking. And, you know, we, we being the rest of the world, are craving the magic that you bring. Bring it. Like, seriously, just bring it. Okay, we've come to the end of the introduction to these two archetypes and looking at them at high level through the lens of, you know, you being a businesswoman. So as a wrap-up for day, as always, Superstar Wise Soul, I want you to remember that you were born to thrive and to go out there, follow your dreams, your visions, your ambition, your desires, whatever they are, to, to lead your life and your business with ease and spaciousness. You are already a leader, a self-led soul that you are making waves, you're creating impact and legacy. And I believe in this reality for you and for all of us. And as I often say, know that if you don't yet sense the possibility and potentiality all around you, I'll hold that space for you. I'll hold it for all of us. I want you to have the best week, celebrate you, all you are, all you're creating, all you're sharing. And uh, I'll be back next week. I'm excited to be back with a new guest episode. You know, we try and intersperse guest episodes with our solo episodes. And you're going to love the conversation guest I have to share with you. She's built the most amazing community of women in business and epitomizes the networking connector archetype so fabulously. So I look forward to sharing that with you in next week's episode. Have an amazing week. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. 
Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over. 